The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by my very cool co-host. Lauren Ash, and welcome to my struggling medieval kingdom, Reagan. <laughs> Hail the kingdom of Davern. Uh, we are talking this week about Yes, Your Grace, a role-playing kingdom management simulator adventure game. That's the best I can kind of do. Uh, published or developed by Brave at Night. Uh, and this is a game that came out last year, 2020. Uh, and uh, I played it just recently uh, on the recommendation of a listener who reached out to us on Twitter. So thanks very much to uh, their Twitter handle right now is to bring world revolution at Woodswake. So thank you at Woodswake on Twitter for the suggestion. Uh, this game is on PC, Mac, and uh, the Xbox platforms, and it's part of Game Pass, and, oh, and also on the Nintendo Switch. So uh, I uh, booted it up because of my Game Pass subscription just to check it out, and I found myself very engrossed by it. So here we are. Were you first drawn in by the narrative or the pixel art, Reagan? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't really love the pixel art. I think actually the thing I was first drawn in by was the sort of key art or like uh, the marketing artwork that sort of has gorgeous it is very pretty it's got this very pretty uh artwork that's sort of a a family portrait of the king his wife and his three daughters and the king looks sort of you know world weary or i mean you know anyone with three daughters is probably going to be uh beat down a little bit he's got that kind of vibe uh but it had this sort of like sense of character you know when you read about this game uh, when I read about this game, I basically heard of it referred to as a kingdom management simulator. And and the first things that I was thinking of were things like Crusader Kings or maybe things like um, uh, Reigns was actually the first thing I was kind of thinking of. And there is some of that here. But this game really what what kind of sold it for me is a real focus on character. So it is very much about a family following this royal family. Uh, through a bunch of ooh, trials and tribulations. Um, but it, it stays very, very focused on the sort of relationships within this family, the between this, you know, this uh this king, his wife, and his three daughters, and the various sort of other people in their royal orbit. It's funny because when you describe this game to me, just looking at pictures, um, I kind of thought based on key art, it was going to be more visual novel style. Maybe it's because I played the extremely unfair Excel simulator, uh, Long Live the Queen. Oh, God, um, that game is so unfair. Oh, my it's God. It's so unfair, and you're just going to die. So I, I assumed this was going to be kind of like brutal dating sim visual novel style, and it's not like that at all. Um, but it does have that feeling of balancing relationships just as much as you're balancing resources, although there's no little like ticker or hearts that say like, your daughter loves you right now. Um that's not visible, but 
you know that you have a good relationship based on how the conversations go. Like relationships seem just as important as anything else in this game. Yeah. So this is a game that the story is really the thing that carried me through it. Um, but for obvious reasons, like a, a lot of this story is very much uh, going to be spoilery. Um, so we're probably going to have a relatively early spoiler break here. But uh, what we're going to be discussing here is the game is kind of divided up into three acts. We're going to only talk pre-spoiler break about things that happened before the first sort of major act break, um, which is probably a little less than a third of the game, more like a quarter of the game, the first quarter yeah. or so of the game. I'd say it's about an hour. Right. Little to give or take, but it, it does feel like almost the tutorial bit of the game too. Yeah. It's like one hour to really get your legs under before things get real. Yeah. And I think we should talk about the mechanics first. Um, but, uh, you know, with with that said, uh, hang on to talk about the story, which is really what drew me through this experience. The mechanics of this game are, uh, you know, fine and sometimes interesting, but really it's a story game for me. And uh, so that's what we'll get to that in a second. Um, Absolutely. Same. Yeah, this is a kingdom management simulator. Uh, and I think it's really taken a lot of inspiration from sort of very stripped down kingdom management simulators like uh, Reigns. The Reigns games, I think, seem like a really big touch point here. But mm -hmm. it, it takes that very basic mechanic of Reigns and extends it to a more adventure gamey style. So you've got your king is, you know, uh, has a sort of a, a weekly cycle where every week in game uh, it starts with. You sitting on your throne in your royal, you know, whatever audience chamber uh, and seeing a procession of people asking you for things. Uh, and this is presented in a sort of a pixel art adventure gamey style. You can get up out of the chair and walk around the castle. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but you have this sort of very like low res pixel art style. These little you know peasants or other lords or whatever come to you and ask you for things. And your kingdom has four basic resources. Uh, you have, uh, you know, gold, uh, you have a resource for supplies and that's just sort of a generic, uh, version of like how much food and other stuff do you have? Um, there's the, uh, what's the third one before we get to the, the fourth one is the, um, uh, the like sort of populous happiness, but there's a fourth one, Army. isn't there? Oh yes, yeah, your army. Like how how many soldiers? How many do you soldiers have? do you have? Right, head count. Yes, yeah. and then uh, and then a sort of numerical value indicating how happy are your people, um, and uh, so that is very 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 similar to reigns. And every time a petitioner comes to you in your royal, you know, audience chamber, they're asking you for something that usually says something like, "I, you know, our." our crops didn't grow and we need help. And you can choose some several options. You can choose to not help them at all. Uh, or you can choose things like, you know, here are some supplies to get you through until you're able to fix things up again. Uh, or I'll send one of my agents to assist you. Uh, and we'll talk about the agents in a second. Or it might be something like gold. Here's some gold to, you know, buy yourself some new seeds or whatever it might be. And usually you'll have multiple options for addressing any one of these people's requests. And most of the time, all of those options except, no, sorry, come back another time. We don't have anything for you, 
will solve the problem and that person will go on their way happy. Um, so you have some flexibility in terms of how you address each of these people's problems. But there are a lot of little complex problems that come to you that, you know, you aren't always able to please everybody. Uh, and-, and they're not always... You know, sometimes they want one thing. If you offer them something else, they will be offended. Uh, sometimes they're lying to you. Sometimes it's a con. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not a con. It, it, it's a big question mark. But you always have that. Do you? Can you spare the resources? Is it, is it worth it? Uh, mentality. That balancing mechanic that is very reigns. Except in this game, there's no like answer no instant death, which is what I associate with reigns. <laughs> That's this game is like really, really tight on its, you know, economy. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, Laura, but like I found myself through almost this entire game being pretty much completely broke and with my populace like pretty much on the edge of rioting and killing me all of the time. Um, Like there is definitely things you can do, especially early in the game to set yourself up for an easier time. Uh, So, for example, like there's opportunities to do things like spend a bunch of gold to invest in building a new inn in one of the towns that pays you tribute. And then Mm -hmm. that costs a ton of gold. But if you do it, then they pay you like three gold every week for the rest of the game. And that's really important. But like, wow, those opportunities are really few and far between and very difficult to pull off because they require having a bunch of resources on hand and you're broke all of the time. Or they require you to have no moral compass, which you also don't know if that's a hidden mechanic in the game. Like, is morality important to this game? I don't know. Um, but there definitely are moral decisions for sure. True. Yeah. For example, like you have some decisions about like, are you going to allow a drug trade and there's some benefits to allowing the drug trade in your uh, kingdom. I chose not to. I don't know what the other alternative ends up doing to you. But like uh, the drug trade thing is an example of like almost nothing in this game has totally unmitigated positive circumstances coming out of it. Like there were there were definitely times later on where I was like, wow, this was a really frustrating choice to try to clamp down on this drug trade. Uh, didn't turn out too well for me, but who knows whether it would have been worse otherwise. Um A lot of that kind of like really just barely scraping by trying to keep the kingdom going. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the case for everybody. For example, like I got really stuck at some later game points and looked up some uh, walkthroughs that other people had made, and they seemed to be doing a lot better than I was. There were things like, you know, notes in the walkthrough saying, by this point, you should have at least a hundred uh, you know, positivity points or whatever you want to call them for your populace. And I was like, a hundred? I've never I been never over 20. I never got a hundred. Like, <laughs> my God. But I also didn't support the drug trade. And I'm pretty sure that if you do, that is printing money. Um, oh, boy. So I'm sure there's consequences. But I, I do believe that because everything, you can take the, the drugs and then you can sell them for double profit. So oh I, I'm pretty God. sure that the drug trade is like a money machine, but God, I, I should have, have a lot more violence. I should have had a ton of drug trade then. Man, that would have saved my ass. I'm sure there's a lot of violence. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of angry peasants, but like the drug trade will get you gold, I think. Yeah. It, just based on how hard they were trying to get me to do the drug trade, I was like, should I have done the drug trade? I am sure that there's a, you know, a dark, hidden 
side to that drug trade that will really make you regret it. But Is it like, like 80 days when you're like, oh. I could just take the free trip on the slave ship? <laughs> Literally everything in this game, pretty much, seems to have that kind of like double-edged sword kind of vibe. Oh, um, yeah. So... That's the basic mechanics. The other part of this that we haven't talked about is that you, you as the king, can leave your throne and walk around the entire castle in a very point-and-click adventure game style. Um, and it doesn't really feel like a fully fleshed-out point-and-click adventure game, uh, but it does give you the opportunity to kind of get a sense of place of this castle, meet all of the characters that are involved, and have little dialogue sequences with them. Uh, And that's really important because, like I said, this game really is a character's first thing for me, like a plot and character-driven thing. The the mechanics that I was talking about, the kingdom management stuff, um, it's fine. Like, what what was your take on it? Like, I I kind of felt like it didn't – it it, it worked about as – like, less well than Reigns when Reigns was working really well for me. But, like, I don't know. It didn't blow me away. I think for this game, I had a lot less uh, comprehension of relative qualities, although I could see, you know, a happier mm-hmm. populace brings in more taxes and brings in more money like that. You can see basically you obviously don't want things to go down to zero. Uh, it does make a really clear point when you're aiming towards a goal, especially in the second and third rounds where you have progress bars of what you need to do by the end of X weeks. Like mm-hmm. I need to have these things done. Um, that is very clear, but I will say that, um, the thing that I was most frustrated was actually the point and click bit because I was mad that I couldn't later on in the game, you do need to actually pick up items in your inventory, but the whole rest of your game, you have been clicking on everything and just getting dialogue choices and you can't pick up anything. So I assumed you just, the inventory was things you bought. Yeah. Not things you could pick up. And it was very, so just a hint for anyone playing this game. Things that you click on, later you click on them again and they show up in your inventory, but that is not something they explain at any point. That's a really good point. Like something really weird about this is like the the, the point and click adventure gamey part of the game uh, feels a little underdeveloped. Um, and it does have moments, like Laura mentioned there, where it really leans on those point and click adventure game uh, you know, stuff. Like there's a part, for example, where you need to um, I'm hope I'm not spoiling anything important here, but like there's a part where there's a, a broken flagstone that you need to lever up and you need to find an item in your castle in that you use to lever up that flagstone in order to get at whatever's underneath it. Um, but because at this point in the game, like it, it had never come up that I needed to search the castle for an item, uh, I, I just I didn't even it didn't even occur to me to do the sort of pixel hunt of looking for an item in the castle to accomplish that goal. I just sort of thought like, well, surely an opportunity will arise. You know, maybe a lever salesman will arrive and I will I will purchase from him like all of the other items that I'd gotten up to that point. Uh, and that's that was not the case. So it, it, w- weird approach there kind of bolting these two elements together this uh this like kingdom management extremely stripped down like decision making simulator part and the the point and click adventure stuff um yeah because all of the the resource management other than inventory is all binary choice here are your four options pick one you know things go up things go down mm-hmm. moving on uh, you know, will you send this person out? Okay, now they're not available. So it just seemed very odd that on top of that, there was a like, 
oh, and now I found these two items and I can combine them? What? Where is that coming from? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that kind of assumes a familiarity with adventure game mechanics that even though I kind of have that, I'd like forgotten that I should be checking for that kind of thing. Well, so I had clicked on items beforehand. And because adventure games are like, click on everything, add it to your inventory, figure it out later. If I clicked on something and it didn't get added to my inventory, I assumed it was not a thing to pick up. So uh, just a warning, like things you clicked on earlier, later on actually are needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it... Pr- you know, we, we haven't said a whole lot about the mechanics here, but like that's that's the core of it. It's it's actually not super in depth. It's a it's a pretty basic version of if you've played, uh, even if you've played things like like they said, Papers Please was one of their um uh, one of their what you call it uh, inspirations? inspirations for this game, um and I can see that. Uh, or really, if you've played any of the sort of like more streamlined management sim style games. Uh, the the number one touch point for me was Reigns, but that's also partly just because it has a very similar theming. Um, that this is going to seem very familiar to you, uh, and uh, nothing about it really surprised me in terms of that side of the mechanics. Well, especially because all of the every almost everything that involves changes to your resources happens in that throne room it's the petitioners coming Mm -hmm. to you you can send pigeons to people and ask them to come visit then you talk to them but even your family when they want something that will affect a resource comes to the throne room it's not like you go into the bedchamber and suddenly you're talking about needing gold like all of the family conversations are completely isolated from resource management Mm -hmm. Um, those are all hidden balance sheets Mm-hmm. Like you don't actually know how those are going. Um, I do feel like they influence the plot, but I can't be sure. This is a game where I got very deep into the game, not knowing actually the repercussions of my actions. And I think that's one of the most interesting things that you can't really talk about for a spoiler break. But yeah, we'll, often we'll get to by that. this. But yeah. yeah, but often 30 minutes into a game, you have a really strong sense of how much you're influencing the plot. This one, not true. Having completed the game and looking back now at having like looked at some details about it, published, you know, reading some published um, uh, walkthroughs and things like that, there are elements in this game that that do give you a lot of choice. And there are things in this game that really feel like you ought to have a way to change them that you can't. Uh, we'll get into that in the spoiler territory, but like it's it's kind of interesting. It's um, there's definitely a lot of there's several possible endings. Uh, and there's a few different sort of optional decisions that you make along the way. Um, but there's also things in this game that really feel like sort of like uh, things you should be able to find a way to avoid that are very scripted. Um, part of that, I think, is just because it's a it's very it's a story game and they have a story they want to tell. Um, but it's 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 an interesting sort of combination of things. Let's talk about story because the story is really what makes this game. Um, yeah, we didn't even story name and tone. Oh, oh, the tone is very uh, complicated. It's it's got some, it's got a lot of different tonal stuff to it. First of all, I will kind of warn people that this game has uh, this game. It doesn't really do uh, like a uh, what's the word like a, a content warning. content warning at the at the top. Uh, so content warnings for 
uh, danger and harm to children of various ages. Animals. Um, and to animals. Uh, and and also just other general violence. It's never explicit. Uh, this is a game that's presented entirely in pixel art. And the things that are really distressing about the story happen off screen. But boy, this game does not pull any punches with its plot. I think the thing that I uh, I was reminded of most is Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, I was once a huge, big, big, big fan of Game of Thrones. Eventually, I kind of fell off of it when the TV show sort of eclipsed the books and a lot of things about the TV show weren't really to my taste. But the the uh, the overall thing of Game of... The thing that I was reminded of most playing through this game was like the feeling of shock that I had reading the first novel in the Game of Thrones or the, the Song of Ice and mm-hmm. Fire series where it's like, oh... This game is, or this book rather, is willing to kill important characters and do terrible harm to good people for no reason. This has that going. It's brutal. Uh, so, um, you know, if you look at that that cover art, that character art, and you see those kind-looking uh, family, and you think, wow, I hope nothing bad ever happens to these folks. Well... Uh, you know, there you go. Yeah. The the family sigil is a stork, and I definitely made some stork stark jokes in the Discord. Um, but I I I also had some Game of Thrones vibes off of this, and it's not stated as a direct influence, but it does have that. Um, uh, sometimes you are running a very good kingdom, and you end up with a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like bad this. things happen to good Kings. And, yeah. uh, you know, no matter how hard you're trying to be a good King, bad things will happen to you and your family in this game. So, uh, story, uh, you're playing as King Eric of Davern and, um, your, uh, lovely wife, Queen Aurelia, and you have three daughters, uh, Lorsulia, Asalia, and Sidani. And they're really charming characters, and I think they do a pretty good job, especially considering the sort of like low res and honestly not particularly attractive pixel art style here of like, and and the fact that all of the characters quote unquote speak in sort of simlish, you know, sort of like. <laughs> and and some of them speak in a particularly annoying tone of voice in that fake language. Yes. Um, but they do a really good job, I think, with the writing of like really making you, or at least me, feel connected with these characters. The the um, you know the main uh, the king has this sort of feel of being like a you know he he just wants to be a good king and father. Uh, you know, dad games hashtag, uh, and uh, that works on me better than I would like. And Aww. the uh, the the three daughters are very distinct characters. Uh, Lorsulia is, you know, she wants to be, uh, you know, a good daughter to you, the king, and wants to be a good princess. And she's not particularly looking forward to leaving uh, leaving your household and becoming a, uh, a a bride. But that's on the horizon at the beginning of the game for political reasons. Um, you know, you're younger, your second daughter, uh, are you Stark? <laughs> I know. Okay. The, the, this is another thing. This is like, uh, Lorsulia is such a, oh, what's the Sansa. the Sansa? She's such a Sansa and, uh, Asalia is a less romantic Sansa, but yeah, very Sansa. much less romantic. That's that. That's true. Um, and Asalia is 
such basically an like, Arya. why can't I, like, let's go practice swords. And I was like, okay, cool. She's Arya Stark. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and then your youngest daughter, Sidani, is, uh, I don't Rican. know exactly how you'll, <laughs> I don't know exactly how old she's supposed to be, but she, her main character trait is that she's kind of a goofball and obsessed Pet with lover. pets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go through a lot of pets uh, over the course of the game. And that's like the the sort of comedic through line of the game is like her plot line uh, finding exotic pets and then the, the grim fates they come to. Um, mm-hmm. So the characters are great. Oh, and I didn't mention, of course, your wife uh, who, uh, you know, she's maybe not exactly like a, like a super I mean, women character. be shopping. So she's not cardboard, but no. she doesn't have a ton to do. I mean, her main thing is trying to get an heir, get her daughters married off, and just try to save safe. And she's honestly the voice of reason because your advisor is saying things like, we must deal with resources. And she's the one going, oh, my God, everything is going to hell. Like, <laughs> like, how will our children stay safe? Which is like, like she's the only one uh, being like, we all should be panicking, right? And you're like, please go take a nap. And I'm like... Honestly, she has the right She's of it. Got like, a things point. are awful right now. How, yeah, things are awful for most of this game. So, um, keeping only to the portion of this game that takes place before the sort of uh, first act break, and it's not a there's not like formal acts in this game, but like there's you, you'll kind Major of events. yeah you'll know what I'm talking about in that like there's literally. Um, there's literally a, a beginning of this game where there is a countdown to a major event, and then that event happens, and then there is another countdown that has begun to a major event, and that event happens, and then there's a countdown that ends with the end of the game. Um, so it's, yeah. it's a and very clear three-act the, structure. The game does open with a one year before, so you know you're dealing with 52 weeks mm-hmm. start to finish, which which should help you, like, how far am I through the game? Like, that's what you can use as a calibration. Yeah. Um, and so the game begins with uh, you are uh, for pretty clearly, uh, you, you know, you're, there's a threat to your kingdom from a neighboring sort of barbarian nation of Radovia. Uh, and Radovia is not very clearly explained, but there is this sort of backstory with you and Radovia that's kind of interesting, which is that like Radovia uh, is a bunch of sort of uh, barbarian tribes, but there was a guy apparently who, when you were younger, before you had kids, uh, was a, a, a Radovian. I don't know what like a like highwayman type uh, who uh, who apparently uh, at knife point extracted a promise from you and your wife that you would give him your first daughter, your your uh, your eldest daughter as a wife. To make him this, you know, I don't know what, like, uh, you know, not a royal person, but this just sort of like barbarian guy, uh, you know, criminal, uh, make him royalty by marrying him to your eldest daughter, your first daughter. Here we are uh, over, you know, I think like 13, 14 years later, your daughter is, you know, obviously marriageable age because she's like 13 or 14, right? Like mm-hmm. ready to ready to marry her off. Um, and the Radovians are coming. And this guy, and who you thought this... you'd never hear from again, he's now a quote-unquote king of Radovia, and he's coming over the mountains. And this is a great reveal, because you're just in the bedchamber, and your wife is like, oh no, it's the like the promise. 
just like the witch said in her curse. And it's all this stuff that never is explained. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you're just like, ah, the narrative is going to be in good hands. Yeah. So this was this had a very Shakespearean feel to me. This idea of like mm-hmm. the the barbarian, uh, you know, uh, uh, who has become a king among his people and is coming to collect his due. Right. We never thought we'd see this man again. Yeah. And of course, you know, you don't want to hand your daughter over to this stranger. Um, but the only way that you can defend your castle against this massive horde. Uh, of Radovians is uh, to get an alliance with a more powerful king. And so you are, uh, you've invited King, uh, what's the, what's the um, Ivo's father's name? Talus. Talus, yeah. King Talus uh, to bring his son to your, uh, you know, to your castle. You're going to marry uh, Lorsulia to, uh, to Ivo, Prince Ivo, instead of, marrying him to the Radovian that you apparently promised him to. He wants access to your books and your daughter. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's the, the setup of the game is this sort of, you know, arrangement to marry off your daughter for this, you know, it, it sort of under duress for political slash military 3, reasons. soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which sucks to begin with, right? Like I immediately, because this game really, it, it spends the first, not very long, but like it really tries to make you really care about the happiness of these three girls. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this sort of dad stuff works better on me than it once did. Uh, I've definitely made fun of the daddening of video games on this podcast, right? But that doesn't mean it doesn't work on me. Like, I Laura, you're not a dad. How did this work on you? <laughs> well, for me, it was less of the dadding and more of it's the the game asks you for five weeks of game time to bond with your daughters and to learn that what's really making your oldest daughter upset is that she will have to be married potentially without her consent. Mm-hmm. And you basically are like, oh, honey, I completely understand. I'm sorry. Like, you're grown up now. Like, yeah, you, I should you promise her decisions. You promise her that you're going to wait. immediately the next week, <laughs> you have to be like, oh, sorry, I promised you to somebody. Like, you, you immediately have to turn your back. And the game doesn't let you get away with that. Yeah. And there's, although it forces you to, yeah, you have no way. There's no to way to her. not like, there's no, there's no like choice where you're like, mm, I guess I'll just wait and see what the Radovians do when they turn up. No, this, this is pretty scripted. And that's something that, that uh, I occasionally found a little frustrating about the game is that there are these things where it's like, yeah, like probably the right move here is not to give your uh, your you know firstborn daughter to the violent highwayman that extracted a promise from you at knife point decades ago. Like, okay, that's probably right the right choice, but like it doesn't. There's no facility in this game to be like, no, I'm not going to marry Lorsulia off. <laughs> there's no can I meet him first? Right. Button. There's no like. Let's ha- let's have him over for dinner and see if the Radovian king is actually not that bad of a dude, uh, or if maybe when he shows up we can convince him not to marry our daughter and just do something else. Like no, you, you that 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 decision gets made for you by the game, and I certainly understand that from the structure perspective, but it's a little frustrating when like that dynamic plays out several times throughout the game and sometimes with more consequence well not that's pretty consequential but like with things that that happen later in the game that feel more like things i should be able to choose um 
And oh I my god. I get it at the early stage. I was surprised it continued. Yeah, and and that's that's not to say there's no big choices to make in this game that do have considerable like impact on the story, but like there's there's a lot of things that happen like this in the game where like you have a lot of choices surrounding them, but this big action is something that's fairly scripted. Um, anyway, we don't want to marry our daughter to the Radovian, so we promise him to Ivo, and a wedding is planned. And, oh, double-crossing, uh, King Talus dies of poisoning at the wedding. And, uh, uh, you know, Ivo, his, this is minutes after you've married your daughter to Ivo or to Talus's son Ivo. Uh, Ivo is now not the prince, but now the king, and he thinks you are his, you know, his father's poisoner, and takes your daughter away to his kingdom. Uh, and and it's like those three thousand uh, people in the general. Yeah. Nope. So you're, you know, you're down one daughter, and you don't even have the three thousand uh, soldiers to show for it. Yeah, and and then the next act is, uh, can you make up for it, and can you prove it's not you? So, like each of these little steps, like that is the 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 first big. I said an hour in, usually a little later than we spoiler break, but here it makes complete sense. Like that's the inciting incident for the next round of the game, and then there'll be another round later. Right. So So it's yeah. The 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 countdown at that point is countdown to a royal trial like you had a sort of a countdown ticking down to the wedding Mm -hmm. and your preparation for the wedding mostly had to do with making sure you have enough gold to buy the appropriate wedding dress things like that right and that's that's the structure that this game is going to take here it's sort of training wheels on you want to make sure you know that you have the resources to prepare for in this case the wedding but after that you're trying to make sure you have the resources to prepare for a trial where you will prove that you didn't poison uh, uh, your, you know, your uh, apparent, your, um, uh, what's his name? King Talus, as well as a a, a big uh, impending battle. And that dynamic, that sort of like countdown timer where you have a bunch of like essentially a checklist of things you need to prepare for is uh, basically the, the broad stroke structure of the game. Oh boy, though, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about that's really spoilery. So, like, um, ooh, um, yeah. The only other thing I think we need to talk about before we get into spoilers is, um, although it doesn't really happen before the tutorial, I think it's important for the feeling of the game, and that is, there's a lot of like sending notes to different lords and ladies and trying to get different allies to your side. They all have different requests and you have to balance them. So after you get through just like petitioners, they add this level of now you can invite people to come to talk to you at different times, filling different quests. So um, if you think that you really have this wedding planning going incredibly smoothly and you happen to have, you know, money and love coming out of your coffers, not what I had going on, Um, but if you happen to just be incredibly prosperous and wonderful and have the best of all things, the next round you're going to have to plead a bunch of lords. Um, The asks from the peasants are going to get more difficult. You're going to have agents, a witch, a hunter, um, a general that can do different things for you. They can be used to go different places or they can be helping petitioners or they can be investigating. So balancing gets a lot more complicated after where we have the spoiler break. 
just know that um, that is all in service to me of the plot. Because if you have them do different things, you just increase your knowledge of different areas of the plot. So to me, it was not just resources. It's also plot information balancing, Mm -hmm. which is what I really like in a game like this. So without spoiling anything, know that if you like investing in things that will further plot, you're going to get more detail. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to change events, but you're going to get a lot more detail of what's happening, which is what I like. I mean, I never gave up on Game of Thrones. I still listen to long, like I listened to two hours about like what's going on in Old Town this morning. So like I am one of those people. And so I am always happy to, you know, send a witch off for two weeks to find out exactly what a symbol means on a letter. Ooh, um, I don't think that was too spoiler. No, no, I don't think so. I'm trying to f- think if there's anything else we can talk about before we hit spoiler break. Um, I, I honestly am having a hard time talking around. Yeah, it, so. the generalities, I guess, of it would be that like the the story does get quite bleak, uh, and I do want to talk a little bit about with, without spoiling the specific plot stuff about how the game ended up working for me in the second and third acts. The biggest complaint I have about this is like, and I understand why this is the case, but like the, the game is really trying to make sure that you feel the pressure, right? It wants you to wants you to feel that you are barely holding this kingdom together and that everything is going wrong. Uh, and it, you know, it wants it to be a difficult task to uh, to keep your kingdom running despite the absolute constant deluge of bad news, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's ways in which that got a little frustrating. Uh, the biggest thing is that, like, by the third act of the game, I was broke 100% of the time. And I'm sure there are ways I would have been able to make this work better. But, like, the, the, the way this game uh, works is that if you get to the end of a chapter and begin a new chapter with uh, zero money... Uh, or zero happiness in your, uh, your, your, your state, you know, your people, um, or zero, uh, of your, uh, like, what's the word? The, uh, like the, the supplies, supplies, then you lose the game. Uh, the most common thing for me was that I would go into a chapter, uh, where I was already broke. And so there's a mechanic where you decide in advance before beginning a chapter whether you're going to pay your court uh, general, your hunter, or your witch, the three sort of attendants. Um, each of them, they, they, can be, they can be very influential in terms of like uh, being able to solve a problem. You know, somebody comes in, says like, hey, there's a problem where our, you know, the neighboring town is throwing garbage into the river and it's making our people sick. And you can either pay for a well for them to drill a new well, and that costs a ton of gold, or you can just send your general to go tell the people upstream to cut it out, um, which is way, way, way cheaper. And so it's important to have those people available uh, to solve problems. But uh, you do at the very beginning of each week have to decide, well, am I going to pay my general this week and am I going to have him around? And and which one? Yeah, yeah. Am I going to have around? And generally, only one of them is needed each week, and you don't know which one. Yeah, and so you're you're trying to figure out, like, you know, 
do I need to do I need to save my money by not having the witch hanging around this week that saves you 11 gold which is a surprisingly large amount the numbers are pretty small here um or do I pay the witch uh and have her around or maybe I can't even afford it so like I had a lot of situations where like the amount of money I had was like well I can pay one of my people you know, I can't afford to keep the general and the witch waiting around right now. I can only pay one of them. I'm totally broke. But it's a nasty circle because if you don't have them, you can't keep the villagers happy. Right. And then they just get more miserable and the taxes don't come in. So it's like a it, it, yeah, it's a big and like, then they rise up, up and try to kill you. Like the 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 end result of that is like you get all the way through the chapter and maybe like the the final peasant comes to you with a problem you can't solve. And your uh, your like happiness rating goes down to like negative two or something. And then you begin the next week and there's a peasant uprising and the peasants roll up saying, hey, you have to give us 25 gold and 20 supplies. And if you can't, they kill you. Um, and that happened to me a lot. And when you do that, that you have to roll back. Not happened yet. Okay. But <laughs> it happened to yeah. me a lot, especially towards the end of the game. And I'm sure that if I had been playing better in the early game to set myself up for better success, I would have had less of this. But, like, I had to spend a lot of effort. Um, like, essentially, there were, there were whole chunks of the final part of the game where, like, I basically had to, like, save scum. I'd play through a week of the game and be like, okay, I ended that week with you know, happiness in the red. But if I had had the general instead of the witch on hand, I could have maybe pulled it out and managed to scrape by one more week. And, um, you know, and I had to do a whole lot of things like not paying my army for a week, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, Really like micromanaging every aspect. And that wasn't super fun because it ended up with a lot of situations where I had to play you know, sometimes multiple weeks of the game a second time in order to get through. What carried me through was I was at that point very invested in the story. Um, and uh, I'll explain after the spoiler break, but like there was, there was, I, I, uh, there was a white hot desire for revenge that was uh, pulling me through that third act of the story. Um, I, I will say tip, uh, non-spoiler tip, uh, speaking of resources, in the second act, once you get your army to the like magic number of 1,000, that's not a spoiler, the progress bar goes to 1,000, uh, at that point, um, alternate weeks of not feeding your army because you've got stuff that will refill it. <laughs> so like you could just stop feeding them. It'll go back up. Like, mm-hmm. like that's how I was keeping supplies going. But I understand that's not – that's counterintuitive. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you kind of think like, wow, I'm a I'm a terrible king if I uh, don't, you know, feed my army or what have you. And actually, no, like, you you know, the, the attrition rate of like people leaving your army in or, you know, if you don't feed the army is actually pretty low, pretty small. You, you need that food other places. So, yeah, we, weird element yeah, of the game, but it's very true. And I don't know if it's true in the third act, but in the the second act, they tell you what you need, and once you hit that number, you can yeah be a little cheap yeah yeah and that's and that's I thought you know true. you need more mm-hmm. uh, but like no there's uh <laughs> the third act of the game there's a lot more variety in terms of like like there's there's several possible endings and if you've made it past the second act um it's really the third act that kind of decides which of those endings you get 
Um, so there's a lot more potential for like, like I did not get the best ending because I did not scrape together enough cash to do certain upgrades that were required. I literally never had enough cash at any point to there's like one very important upgrade that I would have liked to have purchased that I think would have made a lot of difference. And uh, I couldn't, I can't wait to get to spoiler break. (laughs) I could never afford it. So, you know, I just never got enough cash. Um, I'm sure that I missed some important trick in act one or two that would have solved this problem for me. But oof. And if it's not clear to you now, I got to week like 40 and Reagan finished. Yeah. So I'm close to end game, but I'm still in the place where I can make some decisions. So I am looking forward to some hot tips. Yeah. Um, so also. Ooh. So um, for yeah. the spoiler break, we are going to go ahead and spoil the story of the game, the whole game. basically yeah. the whole thing. Um, so if you're uh, if you're sticking around, be prepared for that. Um, but we're going to be talking about the late game, uh, some of the late game choices and story and everything. Uh, and I'm eager to talk about it because, again, the story of this game was what pulled me through. It was really something. Um, so uh, looking forward to that. Before we go to spoiler break. Uh, I'll go ahead and do our general outro, and that is uh, thank you for listening to The Short Game. This is a show that's supported by our listeners on Patreon. You can find us on the internet at www.theshortgame.net or on Patreon at patreon.com slash theshortgame. Uh, And you can also find us on Twitter at underscore shortgame. And, uh, of course, you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And, Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And I didn't specifically mention it earlier. You can find this game, Yes, Your Grace, on a bunch of platforms, not the PlayStation. I think they've got some arrangement with uh, with Microsoft. You can find it on Xbox One and Series X slash S. You can find it on Nintendo Switch. It's on Game Pass. Uh, which if you have that subscription, this is just available to you, which is nice. And it's also on uh, Windows and Mac, of course. Um, And uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Uh, And we'll be talking all about the spoilery details after this, your spoiler break. I want to get out of the way the thing that really really drove me through this game. Uh, and that's the character of Lorsulia, who you marry off at the end of the first act. And <sighs> oh my God, poor Lorsulia. Oh my God, poor Lorsulia. So I, I, in fact, Laura, I think I'm about to spoil something for you unless you've like read ahead on the like Wikipedia summary or something, but like, oh my God, like she, poor Lorsulia has the worst luck in the world. She gets married off to this, kid ivo who it turns out is a power tripping uh psychopath sociopath psychopath he's ramsey bolton yeah he's ramsey (laughs) bolton basically and Uh, yeah uh, and um the thing that really was weird about this is like you once you marry her off in the game you never see her again she gets married off uh to this psychopath you do she comes back Night before the oh, battle. Oh yes, sorry. There's that, and and you have a lovely moment, and then you see bruises on her neck. Oh my god! So like this was like this was oh. all I needed to be fired up, right? Like I got I was so fired up by this. Like she comes back, uh, Ivo the the like new the young Ivo king. the terrible. Yeah, you know he's a shit, but like you see that she that he is beating up on your. 
teenage daughter who's been not only beating up, but like bruises on the neck implies choking. Like right. that's so much worse. Like really, yeah. and and she's clearly scared of him, right? Really scared of him. Um, and there's nothing you can do about it. There is nothing you can do about it. He takes her away again, and uh, at that point, you're still like hoping for his support in a battle. And uh, guess what? He he's not very helpful. And and like then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And like personally, I think they overdid it. I think this game should have more of an option to save poor Lorsulia. Like my God, she gets a a, a hard luck. You can't. You can't. I, from what I can tell, you can't. There's no saving you her. Can't. And what really no. what really got me is like okay. They had me like the, I think what they wanted was like I want they want you know th- this game wants you to be really really interested in beating Ivo to death right like I wanted this kid on the floor in a pool of his own blood already when I found it he was beating up the the you know the this poor teenage girl yeah, and I'll reiterate. So someone wrote like a save scumping story about how this game, like on the poisoning, they were like, I wanted to go back. And I'm like, but that is something you, you can't, can't affect. Yeah. Like there are so many things in this game that there is no cheating because you can't stop the bad things from happening. Right. There's no They're there's no stopping Talus from being uh from being poisoned. There's, there's no, stopping no stopping the marriage. From just not showing up. Yeah. Um and this is okay, the the thing that's just like, oh my god, was like a, the biggest gut punch in this game. There is no stopping the fact that pretty late in the game, you get a panicked, not panicked, but like a really desperate letter from your daughter who seems sort of resigned to her own death. And then very shortly after, you find out that her husband, this psychopath Ivo, has burned your daughter at the stake as a witch. And I was like, that was such a gut punch. Like, you were... It's funny because the game prepares you to think she's going to kill herself. Right. And then it's like, oh, nope, they've got a different gut punch. And it's like, I was really, like, I really, I was really sure up to this point that this was a game about rescuing your daughter from a psychopath, right? Like, you're, you know, the, like the, it's it's desperate situations all the way. But like, I was sure that the the arc of this game was like, we have to kill Ivo, we have to survive this because the sins, the skin of a cat as a scarf that he made your daughter sew, and then you sew it to your baby daughter who recognizes it as the cat. Yeah, he he's apparently, and this is all happening, you only find out those via letters, he's Off-screen. apparently made your daughter kill her own cat and make a scarf out of it to send home. Like, psychopath shit. But you only see this stuff via letters. And it's just, yeah. it, like, I was absolutely beside myself the whole time. And when it turns out there's, like, literally no way to save this girl from this psychopath, like, at least you get to kill him, but I wanted it on screen. I wanted this guy dead so hard. Um, I was, oh. Yeah, I, I, there's, like, even in apparently the best ending, 
again, because I knew we were recording, I, 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 well, even in the best ending, there's no getting around the fact that your daughter's going to no, die. No, that is, that is built in. There is no, the, the good ending of this is um, you manage to uh, keep your wife and other two daughters alive and you have a new baby who is a boy to carry on your line and uh and davern you know davern your your kingdom continues in a new age of safety and what have you um the ending that i got um my uh my uh second daughter uh asalia uh she fell in love with a rodovian princess uh, and they uh, ran off together, or rather, I let them run off together. You can stop them if you want. It's just a choice you can make. Um, yeah, they definitely were doing like gal pal stuff before, and I was like, I wonder oh, these if these two is seem just gal maybe pals. a little gay, right? Um, yeah, they, maybe a little gay, but they weren't explicit about it yet. So uh, that's she just wants to hang out with her, her gal yeah, pal. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, you 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 get the choice of whether you want to let her run away from being a princess and just you know. Uh, explore the world with her girlfriend. And uh, I definitely chose yes, because I was like, this place we're living in is hell. Get away if you can. Um, uh, You know, it it broke her mother's heart, but uh, I was fine with letting her get away. And um, then your youngest daughter, Sidani, the the, like pet obsessed. uh, By the way, one of the most charming things about this, you get to pick her, uh, her nickname. What did you pick as her nickname? Silly pickle. Of course, me too. Uh, it's the it's the best. Yeah, I forget even what the other ones are, but uh, silly pickle. Uh, you know, she's she survived in my game, of course, but um, my wife did not. There's a there's a, a a ritual that you do in the end of the game where you she's your wife is pregnant. You are desperate for a male heir because you know you can't, of course crown any of your three daughters because you know i don't know why you're the king figure this shit out but apparently that's the way it works um but yeah you uh you do this dark ritual magic is totally real in this world by the way if that wasn't clear uh you do this ritual with a weird witch who uh uh can apparently ensure that your child will be born a boy um I did the ritual and I'm pretty sure I screwed something up. It implied that I screwed something. I, I thought I'd got it exactly right. The, the ritual literally just has you like, you know, it, it, you read a book that tells you a bunch of like incantations and you have to like either write down or remember the incantations and then click on the right part, you know? Oh. Um, yeah. in, and then some of it has a timer. Uh, so like you have to do the ritual just right. Uh, and I must have screwed something up because my wife died in childbirth during the ritual. Um, and so that sucked. It was like the king and his very youngest daughter and a baby boy uh, hanging out in, you know, castle death skulls uh, with, you know, uh, Lorsulia dead. But we, we, did, we did manage to repel the uh, the invaders. Uh, partly because I had been kind to the vanquished Radovians and they gave me some assistance, um, which I, I I liked that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, oof. What was the upgrade you were like, didn't get to do? So the um, in, in preparation for the final battle with Ivo, there's a whole bunch of upgrades to the castle that you need to do. And the most expensive one is it costs 70 gold to dig a moat. And I couldn't yeah. dig a moat. Um, and so that meant that the battle, like the, I wasn't able to slow down 
the invaders with the moat. Um, I also didn't do whatever the upgrade was that lets you re- prevent the siege towers from getting to you. So hot oil, I think. Maybe. No, I got the I got the hot oil. I forget what else it was, but there was there was some upgrade that I missed. There are so many things, and they're all very expensive. Yeah, very expensive. And you're at the point where you're barely like making ten coins a week. So yeah. it's like no, I was like I was literally making ten coins a week, and it's like uh, and and it it costs like eleven coins to hire the witch to hang out in the court. Um, it was awful. So. <laughs> Uh, so I ban- managed to barely scrape through and got what I assume is sort of the like mediocre ending. Um, I, I, I love the characters in this game. Um, and I think the story was really compelling. Um, and I don't love that, like how easy it is for a game to like make me want revenge on Ivo, the character that you barely see, who's just a bunch of pixels. Right. But like, I really wanted to kill Ivo if anything was unsatisfying for me about the plot, it's that it didn't describe Ivo dying in extraordinary detail <laughs> or show it. You know, I would have been very happy if they just abandoned their pixel art style and done like a, a fully 3D realized, extremely detailed Ivo beheading scene where he cried a whole bunch beforehand. That would have been good. Uh, so you're one of the people who are like, I can't wait for the winds of winter so I can see all of the revenge and it's going to feel great. Yeah, I'm sure that's what that book is going to be. I've been waiting for that catharsis for 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, remember <sighs> when I said like, well, Feast of Crows is half of the next book, of Hands of Dragons. So, like, I'm just going to wait to read Feast of Crows so I can read the two together. Good move, he, like... right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, I caved eventually. But... George! God, that Love man. Uh, I, you know, he can do what he wants with his series and with his time, and it's fine. But people are growing old and dying out here, George. Come on. Ah. <sighs> He's thank vaccinated. God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if George yes. dropped dead yes, of COVID? I can. I can too. He's high risk. He's a big old white beard fatso man. Oh, I my know. God. Love to you. Um, oh, love you, George. Hang in there. Please write like the wind. Um, at least write a really detailed outline. Um <sighs> Anyway, uh, yes. So I, uh, I am definitely super invested uh, because I've he's killed the cat and I've gotten the like looks like a suicide note and I've gotten the burned at stake and I'm furious. Um, I want to see this through. Um, I've recruited my peasants. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to balance all the kings. Um, I'm going to see this through to the end because I want to see the revenge for myself, even though I know it's there because I had to record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think something that I I was surprised when the, let's talk about the outcome of the first battle because yeah. to me knowing that the uh, poisoning at dinner is unavoidable is one thing knowing whatever you do in the second battle if you get through it an avalanche is just going to kill everything <laughs> That mm-hmm. you've worked so hard to build, and if you have this beautiful army, it's just gonna get wiped is like was shocking to me. Like the fact that 
you're just going to you you very carefully have this battle and it's all point and click and you're moving archers and you're moving witches and you're trying to stay alive and you're trying all this stuff to like balance and get your way through this battle and you're trying to not get your army count to go too low and you maybe like can get around 500 by the end of the battle and then suddenly just like deus ex avalanche comes through and from what i can tell there's literally nothing you can do like as long as you end above zero that avalanche is going to come through yeah, I, there's a level on which I appreciate that because I was really not that well prepared going into that battle. Um, and it would have been extraordinarily frustrating to like barely scrape my way by to get to the battle and then fail and then have to go back perhaps multiple weeks or even all the way through the act to kind of try again. So like on one level, I I get it. I would have really hated to have to go back and I was rolling into that battle with like just the bare minimum number of soldiers and just like, you know, not super well prepared. Um, but it is it is a little frustrating to realize like, well, even if I'd been doing super well, I wouldn't have had a better outcome. The outcome of that battle is like really a binary. It's like you, you do it or you don't. Yeah. And to me, what was frustrating was I had a couple allies that I was um, I didn't realize until like six weeks for the battle that you could scroll down on the list of allies. So I was just cultivating the same six people. And then I scrolled down and saw another six and like gasped and was horrified. So you, could <laughs> yeah. scroll- <laughs> so you could scroll down on that list, guys, uh, pro tip. Um, so I had suddenly sent a bunch of invites, figured out what everyone's stuff was like, oh, you need. So I was in the middle of cultivating another six allies. I, I had plenty of people. I had like a thousand 100 or something and I had been like not feeding my army feeding my army to keep it going I I bought the training ground early so I think I was fine Um, but to me it was more like the army got wiped out and then all of the allies had disappeared that you were in the mm. middle of. So I still had some like plot lines going like I have a dude in the dungeon and he keeps being like um, it's and I go down and talk to him and he's like, "When is Lady Marbury coming?" And I'm like, "I don't know. She's I can't invite her. I can't send her a pigeon anymore. So you're just gonna rot, dude." Sorry, like, bud. Sorry, bud. Um, so like, I think some of your progress up, like who you manage to be an ally up to that second battle, does matter because it affects your income for the second half of the game, and yeah. you can't change that. So like, who you're allied with before. They're still going to provide you income, but you can't do anything after that point. And I wish I had. So that really helped me, but it also was kind of annoying because I had a bunch of people half allied that I couldn't affect one way or the other anymore. Yeah, I I found that whole like the the ally system, the like inviting people to your court and uh, allying with them system. I appreciated it in one way because it was an it was like a part of the more kingdom management stuff that also did a pretty good job of delivering plot, right? That that was yeah. good. But the downside of it was that it more or less gets abandoned in the third act. Like the Which third was act, disappointing to me. Yeah, it was. Um, there comes a point where like, I, I, you still have the option to invite people to your court, but there's literally nothing you can talk to them about. So like you can invite somebody to your court. They stand in line with all your peasants. They come up to your throne. You click on them and your only dialogue option with them is something like that's all that's all. Um, and, and like basically the whole third act was like that with like basically nothing to do with. I wish my pigeon had flown off because basically I, could invite the guy who wanted to marry my daughter and I didn't have an answer to him. And I was like, 
it felt like an unused resource, and I, I it felt like I was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whole- another thing about this, just that that I remembered that I would have been a spoiler, but I I wanted to talk about like I I was a, I was a little confused about the system for having your uh, like attendance, the the um the the general and the hunter and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, you get the general very early, but first of all, it lists general. And it lists, you know, one slash zero. Like you've got like, you know, the the way that it lists whether you've got your general available really strongly implies the possibility of having multiple generals. And at least as far as I could tell, there was no way to get additional generals. So I think that's a fake out because when you negotiate for um, Ivo to marry your daughter, you can negotiate an extra general. Oh, that's what I did. So it's 3000 troops and they're going to throw in a second general. So I was promised a second general. Yeah, that makes sense. Battle. And so I think that's set up so that it doesn't give away the spoiler that you're not going to get that general ever. Because I I Mm. assumed after that second battle, I'd have two generals. Yeah, but you never get a second general and you only can ever have one witch and one hunter. Um it's also very unclear. Like I spent a lot of time in the early game trying to be like, how do I get another general? What's the system for getting a hunter? Like I know I need a hunter, but you don't get a hunter until much, much, much later in the game. Um, and you know, they, people characters keep saying like, well, in order to find out more details about this tooth, you need a hunter. You know, there's a tooth is one of the element, the like um, pieces of Seek evidence. an expert. And I was just talking to everybody, like showing this tooth to every single person. <laughs> and they'd be yeah. like, it's a tooth. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, and so like that that element of it was kind of frustrating because also getting the witch, getting the hunter is also scripted as far as I can tell. I I think so, I, I don't think it's missable. It seems it seemed missable based on the way it was structured, because like you get you get the hunter and the witch, and I think also the general, but I'm not sure, um, right after Sidani loses one of her quote unquote agents. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, she starts off with a, uh, a hedgehog and he gets sat on and then you get the general or is it the hunter? The witch cause of poisoning. Right. Yeah. It, and then like she has a, a fox and he gets killed and then you get the hunter, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember yeah. how you get the general. Yeah. But it's like every one of them is sort of, every one of your agents is sort of pre- um uh what's the word the like? death the death of one of your daughter's agents is yeah. predetermined so i guess if you don't let her keep the animal you mm-hmm. don't get yeah i wonder like if you don't let her keep i would never deny my poor daughter a pet in these trying times regardless um i'm sure like did you let her keep the bear and everything yeah yeah of course like i i i'm sure it gives you options to not let her keep these animals i can't imagine what sort of monster wouldn't Um, but like, I wonder if you don't, if you don't let her keep, like, I know if you don't let her keep the bear, there's like the bear defends her at a pretty important point towards the Mm -hmm. end of the game. I Um, assumed at that point, like I've already let her have a, a snail, a hedgehog, hedgehog, a fox. fox. I was like, she's just going to get more dangerous animals and they never seem to hurt her. So like, why not let her have a bear? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, although I did think at some point, like, what if this whole game is just going to be like, you idiot, 
and the bear eats her. Like, <laughs> you were eaten by a bear just as easily. Yeah, I, I, I actually, re- I was kind of worried that it was going to eat like you know my other daughter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, th- but yeah, um, I, I didn't love the way that was handled because it really strongly implied that I was going to get additional agents, and my God, they would have been really helpful. Um, well, if you could have paid them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but man, like, uh, but yeah, it, it, it is sort of a fake out, but it, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's fine, but I kind of wish I had just known, like, don't worry, you're not missing anything. You're going to get a hunter later. Uh, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get a hunter, clicking on everything, you know, exhausting yeah. dialogue trees, talking multiple times to various people. And, you know, there was no hunter to get until suddenly you had a hunter and you didn't have to specifically do anything for it. So something that's pretty confusing at the end, uh, currently in mine, is that um, they keep being like, your army, your army. And I'm like, I already have the bar full. I have 100 people. <laughs> like, yeah, I need defenses, defenses. And I'm like, why are you yelling about my army? So it's funny. Like, I don't know if that's leftover dialogue or if if that's just like the the game has told you at some point that you need an army. But I'm yeah. like, I've gotten the bar full. And that the bar full was battle. the is like yeah. from what i understand there are multiple different endings that can come out of that final battle and i think the upgrades to your castle matter a lot more than how large your army is but from having read some chatter on the steam forum about this game and so on i i don't think it's irrelevant having like i i ended up with something like 200 soldiers even though like the bar is like it goes up to 100 and then maxes out and it just it, the number keeps counting but the bar is full i had 200 soldiers without really trying um, yeah. But I think that might have been what saved me considering my castle was only like, say, two thirds upgraded. Yeah. Um, I will figure out how much money I have. That's mostly like I'm trying to save enough money to upgrade my castle. I- well, I'm also totally counting on cheating the bank. I plan on inviting the banker over. Oh, yeah, the day with, before. <laughs> with the day before and then spending the $50. Like that is. 100% my plan for the end of the game. Yeah, I meant to do that, um, but I didn't quite. So, oh well. <laughs> you have to plan two turns in advance. You have to invite him two turns mm-hmm. before. The turn before, get the money and immediately spend it before you have to pay him back a time. Like, yeah. that's my plan. Mm-hmm. And, and you mm-hmm. have to uh, not owe him anything at the time when you want to do that because you can only have one loan out at a time. True. But I don't have any active loans, so. Good, good, good. Yeah, I had an active loan for a lot of this game because uh, I was constantly broke. And there were a lot of situations where it's like, well, uh, I I lost. I have to save scum and go back. I don't know, the only way I can proceed forward without going back, like, say, six weeks is if I borrow money. So I think I think in round three, I've. I have started, I've just started escape scumming because I don't have enough money for all the agents. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I need a hunter or a witch or a general. And like, I'm only using one right now because I've recruited all my peasants and it's really expensive. I can't Mm -hmm. spend 30 gold a week. Layabouts. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, that's, Honestly, I don't know how you get through without it. I think otherwise I'm just going to run out of money and die. So yeah, like, no, I, I think it's, I I think it's definitely designed. This is point. not one of those games that has like a moralistic opinion on borrowing. Like it expects you to borrow money. You're a king. Kings borrow money. It's fine. Um, but it, and it's not even all that expensive. You borrow 50 gold and you pay it back 
uh, 10 gold at a time over six weeks. So it costs you 10 gold to borrow 50 gold up front, and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so yeah, it's definitely part of it. It's not something where I think, you know, you fe- should feel bad. I held off on it a long time, and maybe I would have been better off if I'd borrowed gold in order to invest in things earlier in the game. Um, but when I did start having to borrow gold, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I, I think to me it's more like, does the game require you to quit and restart the day over again? Like, I, it's unclear to me if that is going to be a, if that is something I have to do to get through this third stage of the game without dying. Well, I mean, let me know. I had to do a lot of saves coming in Act Three um, because I was uh, r- constantly getting killed by, pe- by peasant uprisings. But uh, hopefully, you get a better result. You might be doing better. Maybe your maybe your Davern is doing better than mine. Um, do we have anything left to say about the uh, Yes, Your Grace? No, I, I think it's a really good sign that the plot, regardless of it being on rails, was still compelling. Like even when I learned, like I I figured out that I wasn't affecting major game events, and I didn't think there was branching narratives. Uh, I still was like still into it, uh, although I I wonder if it would have felt worse had I thought I led to my daughter's death, but I was pretty sure I had nothing to do with it. It was just that Ivo is horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah, just the worst. I, I, I think this game would have been a better game if there was a way to save Lursulia from death. It's just it's just too much, in my opinion. Or even like maybe save her from being murdered like maybe she dies a more peaceful death or like i you know if we can't rescue her like maybe get her just the fact that like i I felt at that point like i had spent a good third of the game like trying to find a way to save her from this madman you can't even send her like a pigeon to be like i love you yeah you you, (laughs) You yeah to do uh... that yeah, there's a, there's a mechanic where you can like decide what you want to ask her in her, in your letters to her early um, in the game, but you can't. When she sends yeah. her like a suicide note, you can't send her a note back. And I that's that's the kind of thing I wanted. I wanted that kind of gentleness. Yeah, like if it's gonna be bleak, let me at least apologize. Like this is really rough. Give oh me a God. meaningless letter writing exchange, so at least I can feel better about what she reads before she dies. Ugh, that was the worst. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, that, uh, it was, it was very affecting and, uh, it made me sad and mad and I suppose that's, that's good writing. Um, so I really had a great time with this game. Uh, Laura, thank you for joining me on this episode and of thanks course. again to the listener that suggested it. That was again at Woodswake on Twitter. Thanks to at Woodswake. Uh, and thank you to all of our listeners and all of our patrons. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the short game. It's always fun to get mad at a game, not because the game is being bad, but because we are invested. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was so mad.